Greetings, fellow investigators, and welcome back to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. Our campaign is entitled At Your Door. It was written by Ellen Eisenwill, Mark Morrison, Barbara Manoui, Chris Adams, Scott D. Anielowski, and Herbert Hyde. I'm your game master, and this is episode 20. Our recap will be done by David as his character, Dr. Desmond Nelms. So without any further delay, let's continue our journey into the darkness. David? Mr. Slakes, Dr. Jadick, there's really nothing like starting a day uh, with an investigation from the local constabulary knocking on your hotel room door. But I suppose after coming upon the brutal aftermath of a vicious murder, one can expect no less. So uh, we were respectively repeatedly interrogated and uh, finally released. The advantage for our research being that we learned a couple of salient things. Um, one is that the police think there was at least one other figure at the crime scene. Uh, there is a witness to one of the previous murders, a Sean Monk, who saw two figures, one tall, one short, uh, wearing different trench coats. But the police also are, think that there might be a robed figure involved. Um, we were released in time to uh, get to our meeting at Rothmersham, uh, where we were introduced to Magnus Glansandi, a great hulking Icelandic fellow who gave us a pretty standard company tour until we went to the special containment area where the security guard was missing. And then we found the receptionist at her station, except she was full of holes. Uh, she warned us about the wrong shadow, whatever that means, and disintegrated. And everyone in the containment area of the facility was in enormous physical distress, universally ending in their demise, all with different symptoms. Um, one fellow had mutated into a sort of giant spider that Glanzandi punched to death. He's a fan of Kung Fu films. Uh, Dr. Codgill, whom I hope to speak to, had turned into some sort of dripping ooze. Uh, and what we learned was that the security guard, one William Peters, hadn't come to work that day, and presumably somebody had come in his place. Somebody who knows about the quote-unquote serum, the mother's milk, uh, which was stolen from the facility, some 60 vials of it. We tried to track down the missing security guard. We found that his uh, wife had sent him off to work that morning as normal and did nothing. Uh, we tried to locate his vehicle or his person to no avail. And then we went back to the Black Dragon um, where we learned that the sinister little Chocho bartender rents out the uh, redhead from the bike gang who's their in-house mermaid for the low, low price of $20 an hour. Uh, after the place closed, we followed her to her crumbling apartment building uh, and watched her go inside. It's about 12 to 20 at night, and um, we haven't decided what to do about 
our friend, the gun-toting redhead from California. That's all for now. Okay. Um, how did you leave the message? Did you leave it on his machine? Or did you text him? Or email him? Oh, you're, you're muted. It's 91, so unless they set us up with an email account because they're fancy, probably none of us have it. And certainly we don't have cell phones. Okay, so you would have had to have left it on his answering machine. I guess, yeah, there, there must be a payphone across the street from the Redhead's place. Um, I mean, you know, Heather left her note to Dr. J. Dick in a journal that she had only imagined in her <laughs> tormented mind. Right. <laughs> All right. So you are... But we did promise to keep our interns up to date. And the fact that there's a Black Dragon opening in town and that, oh, right, we also learned that the Chocho are supposed to be cannibals and the bodies are missing kidneys and hearts. Um, so I think I would at least have to check in since we might be breaking and entering any minute and leave a message with my intern. Okay, so you've, you've seen her go up the stairs to her apartment and uh, you've seen the lights come on. Um, and you guys will just start you, you're still, uh, say what, like across the street uh, parked in your car. What are you going to do? Alright. Do we want to go talk to her or at least figure out what her name is? Maybe it's on, on the uh, mailbox. What, uh, for the keeper, what type of area is this? Um, you know, kind of a... A little crummy. Yeah, crummy, crummy area. Um, she obviously doesn't make a lot of money. Yeah, there's going to be a number on the box, not a name. Right. Yeah. Unfortunately. That'd be easy. And I'm sorry, what time of day or night is this? You're, close, you're past midnight. And is there people hanging out on the stoops? Is there like... Not really, no. All right. Well, works, works until midnight. Should we go knock? I mean, is it worth... Then we give, we show our hand. You know, like, I yeah, don't know. We're gonna... Excuse me. If we're going to run, if we're going to go up and knock, we should probably wait a little while. It's like, what do you do when you get off of a long shift? You either eat or shower or something. I mean, if we catch her while she's just coming out of the shower, that puts us at at least a slight advantage. On the other hand, you know, the restaurant closed at 11.30. She didn't come out till midnight, and she's been in a pool all day, so she probably showers when her shift is over. Oh, yeah, uh, that's a good point. And goes home and has a joint or a drink or whatever. Um, but she also, we, you know, the, last, the first time we saw her, she had a semi-automatic weapon on the back of the motorcycle. So oh, knocking on her door doesn't seem super wise to me. I feel like we wait for her to come out tomorrow and she will not have a semi-automatic weapon or a friend with a whatever he's got, you know, assuming that she's shacked up with some... Are there any motorcycles parked? Uh, there are not. And I can also point out that the light was off when she went up there. Yeah. yeah right. uh, but what are... like Hypothetically, if we do knock on our door or even wait for her to come out... What is this interaction going to do? Like, what are we looking for? 
I'm sure we could get her name, but yeah, what we I don't think we should let her know we're in Canada until she might might recognize Heather. She mm -hmm. probably won't recognize the rest of us, but what's our end game here? Just to get her name? I'm sure if we yeah. ask the neighbor, hey, who's that hot girl that lives upstairs? Oh, that's Becky or whatever. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I think maybe we ought to wait till she leaves the shift and maybe try and get in her house when she's at work. That's exactly. Yeah, we have already met the police, so we have to be watchful about that. But this neighborhood doesn't seem like um, people call the cops super fast. Uh, yeah, and I don't want to confront her when she has an advantage. And I think she has a home advantage right now. Yep. Okay. So I, my instinct is to wait until tomorrow and see if we can find Sean Monk and get a better description of the two assailants he saw, the two figures he saw. Something I'll give you is... Uh, because you saw what time the restaurant closed, you also saw that it doesn't open until 6 p.m. Right. Okay. So we got... Hmm. It's a dinner right. place. Yeah. Oh, they don't do breakfast burritos? Nope. Little, little ham. <laughs> <laughs> a long pork breakfast burrito. <laughs> we want to take a look in her car. Maybe it's unlocked. Or the window might be broke. You know, didn't she get a ride from someone? Uh, no, it was just a car. Yeah, she, oh, okay. got, she got a dumpy little car. Uh, okay. We could we could take down her license plate. Maybe call uh, Jadik. Jadik is it? Um, Jadik's a big guy. Yeah, they might be able to run the plates, and then we could snoop around the car. Like, yeah, let's walk over to the car and look inside. Like, look in the windows and stuff. I'm not sure Speedily. it'd be fair for all of us to go right, right. look around. That will draw too much attention. All right. So who's going to go look at the car? I'll head over. Whoever wants to come with me. Yeah, I'll go. Who's very good at spotting hidden things? Not me. I am very good at spotting hidden things. You're not supposed That's a to weird... compare those kind of things. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've just been generally spotting hidden things. Yeah, yeah Margaret, on a, on a scale of like one to a hundred. Uh, it's just roughly a <laughs> 75. Yeah. <laughs> Cheaters, this whole game is ending. No. <laughs> All right, I'm going to go. The, the giant anvil falls out of the sky. No, come back here. Rocks fall. <laughs> All right, so who's who's going to go? I guess everybody I'll be on, the, I'll be on the lookout. I'll be looking All right, down I the guess street. I'll, I'll, go, I'll go with Dr. Carl. All right. Yeah. Okay. You guys want the time? No, no, Heather, it's fine. Okay, all right. Um, all right, so uh, Dr. Evans and Dr. Carlisle, you sort of casually walk over towards your car. Um, the area is fairly dark. There's a street light, but it's, it's a little ways away. Um, do a listen roll, the two of you. A 78 is a fail. 35 Surprise. on 35. Okay. Uh, Dr. Carlisle, you can hear vague music. Um, from upstairs? Or? From upstairs, yeah. It sounds like from from just a style that it's something along the lines of God's Lost Children. Um, Margaret, uh, you hear that? that what? That no, rock, I don't. It sounds I, uh, like that rock music from the 
you you hear it once he starts pointing it out. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, from from the distance you are from where she is, she kind of got it cranked up a little bit. So it's playing well, pretty above loud. The neighbors. You're actually surprised that the neighbors aren't all woken up, but then again, maybe they're maybe the other apartments are empty. You don't know. I'll try all the doors. Is two door car, four well, door car? Yeah, it's a it's a two door car. It's a little uh a little cheapy car. Uh doors are locked. Uh however, you can both do spot hiddens. All right. Ooh, 13. 60. So, it's passed. So you both pass. Not uh, as fancy as a 13. Well, uh let's say Dr. Evans as you're looking Look inside, and you half expect to see a kind of a trashy car on the inside. But it's surprisingly clean on the inside when you look. Uh, Dr. Carlisle, when you look, you're looking in the front window. Uh, you can see that there's something uh, attached to the front uh, uh, dashboard. Uh, maybe it's taped down or something. But it immediately becomes apparent that this is a rental. Oh. Okay. Uh, Margaret, this is, I think this is a rental car. A really cheap rental. <laughs> really? Uh, I think, you know, that uh, I might ask Heather to bring over that uh, tire iron because I don't think anybody's going to hear it if we break the window and search this car. Well, with the music, I mean, nobody's up. I'll put my, I'll take my jacket off, lay it over the window, muffle the sound a little bit. Is there a little side windows, a little, you could stick your hand in? Well, they're at the front, and the, the little knobble thing is over on the other side. I don't know that you could reach your hand in all the way. Long, skinny arm. Maybe. It's a green Volkswagen. By the way, it's green. Okay, it's a green Volkswagen that was determined last week. Oh, okay, green. arbitrarily. I was going to turn it into an orange Fiat tonight because I don't. <laughs> um, do um do a dexterity roll. Maybe you won't have to break the window after all. Uh, I got a fifty-fifty shot at this. So twenty-one. Okay. Uh. You you realize that if you if you jimmy those little triangular windows a little bit, that you can get it to pop open because the thing wasn't really turned all the way, and maybe you can reach inside and with a little effort you can pop that thing up. So you managed to do that. All right. So I know I just take a look around again. Like Margaret, come come over here. Like lean against me. So if somebody comes, I'm just gonna like throw my arm around you. Like if we were, you know. And I look around, make sure nobody's nobody's out there. Nobody's out there. All right, so I'll reach in and. All right. Um, once you've unlocked it, I, I suppose you can both do spot hiddens. Definitely want to check the trunk too. Uh, 32. 32 is a hard pass. I bumped my head on the door frame. So, uh, Dr. Carlisle, you're on the on the, the driver's side. Um, and you don't really see anything. There's some cigarettes in the uh, ashtray. Uh, Dr. Evans, you pop open the glove box. 
and there's just a manual and uh, some insurance papers. Uh, this I'm going to go ahead. The insurance papers. I'm just going to look at the rental car papers, see if we can find the name. Take them. Uh, just take them. You do find one. The name is Lurleen Pardue. How do you spell that? <laughs> Lurleen, L-U-R-L-I-N-E-P-A-R-D-E-U. Thank you. And does it say, like, on the insurance papers, like, that's who it's, this wouldn't be, like, the rental cars insurance. This would be. It's it's the paperwork that she signed to. Signed, okay. Her. Um, it looks like she's only had it for about two weeks. So, Margaret, I'm going to feel safe to assume that if she was running with bikers and had automatic weapons, that this is an alias. I don't think she's, you know what I mean? Well, I mean, we can see what we can find about the name first. I think you might be right, but I don't want to rule out that. Oh, yeah. If this pop is a real name. Let's pop the trunk. Okay, you pop the trunk. There's a little lever on the floor. Um, there's nothing in the trunk because the engine is in the trunk. Um, it's, a, it's a Volkswagen. Yeah, well, then we pop the bonnet, the front. Pop the bonnet, the front. Yeah, there's nothing in there. All right, well, walk back over to the others and we got a name. There was no other paperwork with that insurance, just that? Just stuff that you'd expect there to be in a car. Uh, really? What's his name? Lurleen Purdue. Purdue. Hmm. Lurleen. And it's a rental car. Really? Yeah. I guess that makes sense. She is pretty new here. Yeah. So we have all these, we have this troubling coincidence where we've got uh, Lurleen and God's Lost Children hunting us in the first place as soon as we arrive in town. And then we've got Finley coming here and her coming here solo and then her working at a restaurant that has a sister restaurant back in San Daniel. But it seems if they've assigned her something, they're not paying her very well because that car looks like crap. Her apartment looks like crap. How many units in the building? Is it like a four unit? It's like four. Well, what and is she? Dark, and her window I... is lit, but we don't see a silhouette. She's not undressing sexily in the window. No, as she would in any movie made before nineteen ninety-eight. <laughs> Sideways. I gotta Sideways. say, <laughs> I gotta say, twenty bucks a night. Right, not... twenty bucks a yeah. twenty bucks an hour. But mm. you know, I assume that that's. I think that's how the other guys wound up dead. That's what I'm thinking. So uh, it does so, sound like a honeypot. And we talked yeah. about what I mean. You mentioned that she can't be paying well, but what if she's not being paid in in money? I mean, yeah. To, to Jenny, the money wasn't important. You know, it was her ability to continue with her experiments or her contact with the substance. You know, what if she's this lady's operating off of the same hmm. type of motives? Well, yeah, it's true. Lurleen could be some kind of addict. She could be. Could, you know, what she could if we, be like trying to set up for that band to come up here for some reason. I mean, she seems to like their music. What if we drop an anonymous tip for uh, 
for the cops saying, hey, there's a $20 prostitution on the sly at uh, at the Black Dragon. Then if the the cops, you know, handle it from there. My only concern is they're currently busy trying to hunt a serial killer. Prostitution is very, very low on their priority list right now. Uh, I I was just going to say that would get sent over to the vice squad anyway. They wouldn't be the same office, but I don't know. I would like to keep the cops far away from this place so we could do our snooping. The cops are already looking at the Black Dragon in connection with the murders, too. Yeah. Move the four bodies. Here's a association with it. And and vice sting operations. Usually it's more than one guy. So if the the one guy ends up getting stabbed but not gutted before uh, homeboys are apprehended. Different... Sorry, different train of thought here that popped into my head. So this is an apartment building. Mm-hmm. Is there an apartment? There's like a, a leasing office. Not here. Is there any I lights on? If you can find one. The only lights on are in her her apartment. Right. Is there is there like a name of the complex? Um. Yeah, there's a, an old broken sign out in the front that says the uh, the seashell apartment complex. It sounds like it was written in the scenario. You didn't just make that up off the top of your head. This is a sea breeze, the sea, the seashell. I don't know. Yeah, but we'll find out if this sea whatever apartment complex has a number to call and like some yellow pages and see if they have like vacancies. Like, pretend like we're looking for an apartment, and then we can find if there actually is anybody else here. Or if this place is just totally abandoned, and she's just, is literally the only one here. Is that music still blaring? Mm-hmm. Um, I start walking towards the door. I'm like, guys, she ain't gonna hear anything. We could, if the door's open, I'll knock on the first floor apartments. Hmm. So if we find that no one lives in these, what what are we? What are I we think, gonna well, it, I mean, like, why is she living in an abandoned apartment complex? Yeah, maybe it's the same. Maybe they they're gonna bring up their whole God's lost children and have them move in. Well, maybe, but if the whole place is empty, I mean, that means there will be nobody to hear us when we kick her door and when she's gone for work. That's right. What if the whole place is full of Chocho with knives in their sharp teeth? They just went to sleep earlier. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I don't know if holding a knife in your sharp teeth is very comfortable. We'll be able to But I get your yeah. I, I don't think you sharpen your teeth for comfort, yeah. Dr. Lee. Sir, is the uh community is the apartment complex got a dumpster? Mm-hmm. I'm going to go over there and look because if people are living here, you know, there's going to be more than quite a bit of trash in there. Do a luck roll. She hadn't spent all that luck. (laughs) No, 95. (laughs) All right. When you go over to the dumpster, it's pretty much empty. Okay. It may have just been done. Right. Yeah. 
Good. Except for one really nasty, slimy thing that yeah. you touch accidentally. Yeah. <laughs> Wipe that off. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, does anyone have a flashlight? I think that's general equipment for you people. Yeah. Oh, okay. There, her. Hand me a flashlight. I'm going to walk to a an apartment. Not hers, and not the ones adjacent, but the ones next to the adjacent ones. Just one of those. Okay. And look at the door. I'm not sure I understand. There's four apartments. One, one, two on the top and two on the bottom. Okay. I, I thought it was a little bigger, a little and, longer. And they share one apartment number. Like one okay. building number. It's 1685. Yeah, it's just, it's just, right. All right. And hers is the top. The top front one. Top front one. All the, right. I'm going to go. probably share one metal wall, which is most likely the wet wall. Yeah. Okay. So I'll go, I'll go two over from her apartment and look at that door. Okay. Um, so, nothing. There's. You, does it, you look inside does it look like it's been opened? Um, there's kind of ch chintzy curtains on the window there, and you can see inside. It doesn't look like anybody lives there. Okay. All right, I'll head back to the car. Okay. Yep, doesn't look like anyone lives here, All aside right. from uh, the mermaid. Interesting. I think we need to see the inside of, the, of that apartment when she's not home. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Okay. So we can uh, retire to the comfort of our hotel, try to find Sean in the morning, and keep an eye on her. We know she'll leave before 6 o'clock. I wonder where she goes during the day. Right. Well, before we leave, I want to make sure the trunk's closed, the paperwork's put back, the window's put like it never happened. Okay. That's easy enough. Wipe the surfaces that you touch, too, just in case. I'll do it quick with my t-shirt. <laughs> now it's cleaner than it was. But... Yeah. <laughs> oh, no! It's obvious. Now we you gotta get to, get to the car. <gasps> Somebody's been here. Who Someone cleaned my Volkswagen? <laughs> Yeah. All right. So, what are you going to do? You're going to you're going to drive back to the apartment, the hotel. Mm -hmm. Does anyone rem when we looked at that liquor license? I know it was under Mrs. Finley's. Did, did we get her full name? Was Mad did it have the uh, Madeline? Wasn't it? Okay. All right. I think that's correct. Doesn't start with B. That's essentially, what I'm wondering. No, I wonder. Madeline. If this apartment complex belongs to her also. That would be oh. cute, wouldn't it? Yeah. Our assistants are still in San Damiel, right? Yeah. I'm going to call them up, even though it's really late at night. Oh, I want to ask them to check to try to get the uh, our good old uh, cult-fearing police friend to see if the uh, Lorla, Lurleen has any um, arrest record back in San Damiel. 
Okay. But I like that. The, the response is, couldn't I have waited until morning? <laughs> no. <laughs> you want us to know what we were up to? We're letting you know what we're up to. <laughs> left us in a cave for weeks. Yeah. Oh. It's not their fault. I missed a cave. <laughs> in hindsight, in hindsight, it wasn't that bad. Yes, it was. We did learn a lot. We didn't have. In hindsight, freedom. it was terrible, Doc. Yeah, we had no freedom. <laughs> we so. were at the mercy of a giant psychopath. Okay. <laughs> I may never feel clean again, or I almost got killed about twelve times. And I met a space monster and a dead guy. It was pretty bad. I actually, I actually would like to uh, interact with the dead guy again. That was interesting. I want to interact with all of them again. That was like the greatest three weeks of my life. <laughs> Ethan and I fist bump. Okay, I just, I, I have something <laughs> interesting. It was that's not what happened on the phone because uh, Toronto is in the uh, Eastern time zone. Oh, oh so it bad. isn't super late for them. No, ah. it's like nine something. Sorry, why are you complaining about the time? This is your normal working hours. Freaking college students. You, you hear this party going on. In the <laughs> no tree monsters trying guys, to kill us. Guys, no substance. Guys, quiet down. Quiet down. Brain monsters trying to kill us. They're having a blast. I recognize that pornography. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Jack. <laughs> Jack, why did he have to be the one to answer the phone? All right, so... On the they'll way back to the hotel. That, they'll try to get that to you tonight. Okay. Excellent. Cool. On the way back to the hotel, I was going to see if like uh, they've got an you know, alternative newspaper around because they usually have uh, announcements of uh, stuff got bands playing and everything. Um. Okay. Um. Are, are I'm, am I guessing that you're looking for God's Lost Children? I am. Yeah. yeah, you don't find any reference to that. Okay. But did you find anything about a Sasquatch watch? <laughs> yeah. uh, not so far. Uh, yeah. So a couple of hours go by. Now, I know you've probably all gotten to bed. Mm -hmm. But uh, Dr. Evans, your phone rings. And uh, it's your assistant. And uh, she said, is it a he or is she? He. Um. He says that uh, that she does have an arrest record, mostly for uh, public disturbance, um, some petty shoplifting, um, things like that. Nothing, nothing out of the ordinary for uh, nothing, nothing dangerous, nothing like armed robbery or anything like that. Right, just some some petty crime type of stuff. But it means that she has gotten in trouble with the law. She's not against breaking the law, and that is her name. I'm so, so surprised couple... it's her real name. Well, do a, do an idea roll if you don't. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Forty-four is good. Uh, from the way it sounds, from the way her record sounds, uh, it might have been the guys that were more involved in it, and the girls were just doing what their boyfriends told them to do, maybe. If yeah, that okay, but, yeah. Mm -hmm. They were just there. She doesn't look like the kind of person that would assault somebody with a rifle or anything like that. Yeah. It's true. 
So now she's up here in Canada. Now, if she's still listening to their music, it didn't. I'm thinking it could something could have went bad, and she took off up here. But if she's still listening to the music, it's probably didn't. You know what I mean? Well, you already went back to the hotel, though. No, no, no. What I'm saying is, he if you were pissed told... off at somebody, you're not going to go putting their album on. Oh, I see what you're saying. Right. Yeah. Well, and you don't really know the uh, the entire repertoire of God's Lost Children, so you don't know if that's what it was, but it was that same kind of music. Same kind, yeah. That's true. It might have been Tool. Ugh. Terrible. Like... <laughs> Could have been yeah, ACDC. Like yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So I assume you all go to sleep. Mm-hmm. All right. Everybody do a power roll. First. A 23 is a hard pass. 75 is a hard fail. 42 regular success. 76 is a regular fail. <laughs> I got me a fail over here. All right. That was all just to make you a little nervous. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, those, well of you, those of you who passed, you uh, accomplished. You had a fairly decent night's sleep. The other ones, not so decent. But... Had dreams of mermaids with knife teeth, you know, super sharp, weird. sharp little teeth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Shark mermaid. All right. So you wake up in the morning. I'll say you were up late. So you wake up maybe around eight. Get up, uh, get the get the morning paper. We have an in-hotel cafe here, I assume, that we're meeting at. Yeah, yeah, we have. Yeah. Yep. Going to skim the paper for any uh, murders. Well, you don't find any murders. Any news uh, on the Ripper at all? Uh, you, I mean, there's regular crime that's going on in the town. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you don't have any more uh, Ripper-like murders, at least not in the morning paper. Right. Uh, any news about the uh, accident at the uh, farm, at the place we went to? Nothing. Interesting. Hmm. Um, do, um, do a spot hidden roll. Dr. Bates. That's a pass. Okay. Um, you do find something, uh, an odd article. It doesn't seem related to anything else. It may, might not be. Um, did you read that? Okay. Uh, the library burgled. A window was broken and at least one rare volume stolen at the Thomas Fisher Rare Book Library on George Street this morning. Responding to the alarm a little after midnight, officers found signs of entry and notified the trustees. A police spokesman disclosed no other clues but commented that professional thieves may have been involved due to the rarity and value of the targeted books. Museum trustee Mount Malcolm Apley indicated that so far only one volume, the intriguingly titled Psychotic Manuscript, hinge-bound in rare leathers and dating from the ninth century, is missing. Every effort will be made to retrieve the rare volume. 
psychotic manuscript. May I assume that that's an autocorrect typo? No. Psychotic wasn't coined until the 19th century by Freud. So either the museum fellow was full of it or the newspaper got it wrong or something. Mm -hmm. But rare books are um, have been a continuing theme of our endeavors so far. Right. Um, so I'll look it could at them. Be a translation error. Could be. Yeah. What I took from that was rare leather. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, on the city map. Is that library, is that close to the university and that, that, that park that we had went to? I still haven't sent you that map. Um, <laughs> uh, which was it? The, hold on. This is a Thomas Fisher rare book library. Uh, yes. In fact, it's just on the other side of the university. Okay. That's not yeah. the university's library. It's no. the, okay. All right. It's next door. There is also the John Roberts research library right next door to it. Hmm. It is all in the university territory. So. Right. And in the yellow pages at the hotel, it should say the Thomas Fisher library. Is that a, is that a, um, private sales space is it a public library is it a it's a it's semi-public semi um people have to get uh you know written uh, author authorization from like somebody at the university or they have to have a reason to look at the books they can't just you can't just walk in off the street and pick up a rare book and look at it right All right. And is there any public listing for Sean Monk? Uh, yes, there is. She lives across town. I wonder if we went to the regular library and just looked up this book in reference. Can we find anything else out about it? Well, let's see, we should definitely go check out to see what we can find about that book. Um, seeing the other witness, Sean, should be good. And we should also check to see if our missing security guard has turned back up at his house. Yeah. And doubtful. But. Doubtful, but one hurt to ask. And we got, I mean, there should be book dealers if nothing's at the library we can find. We could also talk to them. But be I wonder if our ourselves. visit caused uh, the presumptive widow to call the authorities in yet. Well, couldn't we call the, I forget, the Norwegian gentleman and he would have had to have followed up with her family. Yeah, Magnus Glansandi, I don't know if he'll be, he's probably very busy today with all those gray ashen corpses to clean up. Uh, I'd be curious to see whether uh, Rothmersham even is answering the phone today, though. That's worth... Because, boy, that's a cover-up. And full wilderness didn't do it this time. 
So maybe NWI did. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I'd like to meet some of those folks. NWI is above Larson Pharmaceuticals, right? So we have Rothbusham and then right. and then NWI. Right. Yeah. And NWI is also the people who owned uh, Don Biozyme. Mm -hmm. Substantially, yeah. All right, so we've got a bunch of things to follow up. Do you want to break into groups? Yeah, I think so. I think that's going to be, be the easiest for us. Okay. What could possibly go wrong? That's right. Which, which group and which direction? Um, well, uh, I think that Shaggy and Scooby should go. Um, yeah. it's a scary place. Uh, to the restaurant. That's where they would go. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Zoinks. <laughs> Not until six. I will be. I. I wouldn't mind. I'm pretty. I've had some good luck at the library, so I wouldn't mind going to the library and trying to look up on some info on that book. See, see if we have it, find anything out. That makes sense. You, you're a little bit library crazy, and that seems like the place that's safest for one person to go alone. Whereas if there's any witnesses following up, following redheads, etc., seems like it might be better done in teams. Heather, how good would you say you are with books on a scale from one to 100? Yeah. Like the use of, I'm, just, I'm kidding. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, Margaret, we've already made that joke today. Oh, no, it was yesterday. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> In game days, Dr. Leash. Yeah. We need a, we need a 24 hour cool down on that particular joke. I used to be luckier and then I got lucky and now I'm less lucky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, did someone want to call the 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 wife of the security guard? Just I think up? I think if we drive by and if there's a car, if there's the appropriate car in the driveway, there's our answer. Mm -hmm. I don't I don't know if we need to. Uh, I want to cause her no more distress. Yeah, yeah. I for her for her and her and the the kids' sake. I hope. Yeah. I hope he shows up. That seemed like a nice family. Yeah, maybe they just knocked him on the head and they didn't do him in. Yeah. We can hope. Yeah. Did we leave a number with her? No, because we told him we were from the company. We told her we were yep. HR. Which, yeah. you know, if, they are, right. if HR shows up, then we, we've been had... Well, now, Dr. Liege, do you want to come with me and go visit Sean? Because we seem to have pretty good luck when we knock on doors. Because last time you and I did that, we found a giant alligator. So, oh, alligator bear. Alligator. Alligator. Monks. Calling it. Yeah. Yeah. Alligator. Yeah, I might as well do that. You, you, you do make a. I was feeling in the library, but you make a good point. Library is probably the safest. And we definitely should pair up. When visiting strangers. At least, the, at least the men should pair up. <laughs> so that uh, would mean that Ethan and I would go and stalk the redhead. It's not the least likely prospect. Okay. So Ethan creepy. and Desmond are going to stalk the redhead. So, and I assume we can get the hotel to set us up with easy one-day car rental or something so we can divide our forces easily. Yes, that's easy enough. It's called 1991 Uber. Mm -hmm. It's called taxi. a taxi. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what? And they're all yellow. 
I don't know what color they are in, in Toronto. Um, there you go. All right, so you two are going to stalk the redhead. Uh, Margaret, you're going to the library, did you say? Oh, Heather is. I am. Heather is going to the library. And Jonathan and, and Margaret, where are you going? We're going to visit Sean, the oh, witness okay. of one of the murders. All right. Um, I'm going to... I'm going to put in and try to have the police every breath you take playing in whatever vehicle uh, Ethan and Desmond are going in because it's thematically appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. It's creepy, creepy uh, stalker song. So yeah, we can alternate with Roxanne actually. That would work too. Oh yeah. Red light. (laughs) All right. Um, (laughs) Well, let's do uh, Jonathan and Margaret first. Uh, you drive over to uh, this uh, Sean Monk's house. Um, it's about 8.30 when you arrive there. Okay, we'll just say it's 8.30. Um, uh, his car is still in the driveway, so maybe he doesn't leave for work, but he might be leaving for work soon. Okay, well let's let's go. Yep. Right. So the two of you walk up to the door and you knock, and uh, you can hear some rustling around inside, and all of a sudden uh, this guy opens the door. Uh, he looks like he's in the middle of putting his tie on and he says, yeah, who are you? (laughs) Um, (laughs) Hi, sorry. Are you, are you Sean? Yeah, that's me. Sean Monk. Sorry. My, my name's, uh, uh, Margaret, I just wanted to, to talk to you uh, for a little bit about what you remember. Uh, the police said that you were a witness to one of the, the murders that's taken place. Uh, yeah, who are you? I, I, I don't understand. Are you detectives or something? No, no. I already uh, told them everything I do. One of our, one of our friends is missing, and we're hoping, we're hoping that he's not... Well, I don't know. Uh, I the only thing I told them was that I saw some suspicious-looking fellas uh, near the near where the that guy was uh, murdered, Mister Simmons, I think, or Russell Russell Simons, whatever. Is it straight? Yeah, yeah, no, it looks, yeah, it looks good. Looks good. Is that a full Windsor? Yeah. Um, oh, nice. Um, well, I gotta. I gotta get to work. What do you want to know? You you said robes, right? Well, not really. They were more like trench coats, but uh, I they were really long. Uh, and the guys were wearing some sort of uh, medallions around their neck. Could you describe the medallion? Uh, well, they were. I guess they were kind of silver. Was it like uh, a? Like a gang type chain? No, it was, it was kind of, it was just a, it was a, the, the, the chain wasn't that big, but, but they both had them on and they were the same and they were like circles with stars in the middle of them, but there were some other things on there. 
like I think there was a, a crescent moon on one side. I I, I can't remember, but uh, something like that. Weird looking. Huh. Yeah, that is weird looking. Doesn't one of them. One like... of them dressed all in black, and the other one was mostly black. He was. His, I think his coat was brown, but they uh, they they didn't look. Uh, they didn't look. And one guy's hair was silver. Hmm. Other kid, other kid looked young. Okay. Yeah, different, different heights. Was was the was a tall one that had silver hair? Yeah, yeah. Now, Tom, the person who was running down the alleyway when um, you couldn't we, see anything. Okay, yeah. completely cloaked. And kind of bulky. Hmm. Okay. Well, I. I Got anything else, Margaret? We don't want to take too much of this guy's time. Yeah, and he grabbed right. his keys and his wallet. So. Right, but uh, sir, are you sure it was a trench? I mean, there, there's. I mean, something else we might as well tell you is we were a witness to one of these happening. Oh, you might have seen us on the news. Um, so you saw him too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We saw, we bigger, saw one guy. Yeah, I, I just one notice. of them. And they're yeah, very, very dark. He looked like a cloak almost, like with a hood. Well, I, I didn't get like this super great look at him because I wasn't really thinking about it at the time. Except that, I don't know. I mean, it was kind of, I don't know. How, what I, how, they, it wasn't ugly looking. Okay. I mean, he wasn't well, like an old, old guy or anything. Anyways, I got to go. Yeah. No, right, thank so, you for your time. Sorry. Yeah, sorry for bothering you. All right. So he uh, he goes. Uh, what kind of car is he driving? Um, he's driving an orange Fiat. We already used that joke once. Oh, that's <laughs> shit. <laughs> we had an orange Fiat. It was the and and what's his what's his address? Uh, I like to write these things down. Uh, One thousand subscribers lane. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but is does that does that cross the uh, the punch that Bell Icon Avenue? <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, Bell Avenue. It's a bit of a mouthful for a street name. <laughs> um. All right, uh, so you're you're headed off then to somewhere else. Um, yep. Let's see. Might as well go to the library. We're, we're not dead. Yeah, Doctor. Uh, let's check it out. Now, w- which did you go just to the regular library, the Toronto Public Library? Uh, well, I was hoping to go to the one that they got broken into. Ah, okay. Yeah. All right, so uh, Doctor Mills, uh, you head over to the. Uh, the, li- the the rare books library okay and uh when you get there uh you find that there is some uh tape that's gone over a window you know mm-hmm. and uh there's a cop car parked outside um and there's nobody going in and out the door Okay. So it's probably closed and 
your guess is that they're they're doing some detective work to see what they can find. Right. At the moment. Okay. Uh, does it look like anyone's kind of standing around, just kind of looking, staring at it? No. No. And there's not just a cop car. It's already closed. No one's in the cop car. No, nobody's in the cop car. Okay. Uh, I'll I'll go ahead and uh, I'll start walking up to the door. Okay. Uh, you walk up to the door and you can see uh, there are four people inside. Two of them look like, uh, um, I guess they wouldn't necessarily be dressed like cops. Uh, so you see four men inside. Mm -hmm. uh, one of them is, uh, a couple of them are dressed nicer, like in suits. The other right. ones are, are in just jackets. And, uh, and they're you can see that somebody's dusting for prints and um, things like that on the inside. Okay. Uh, I'll go ahead and knock. Okay. You knock and uh, a couple of them look up and uh, one of the men in the suits uh, looks like he's in his 30s. Uh, he walks over to the door and he says, I I'm sorry, we're closed. Oh, I, I, I understand. I understand. I'm, uh, I was sent out. I've been hired by the insurance company just to make sure, sure that this isn't an insurance fraud or or anything, you know, book book was uh, highly valuable from what I understand. I mean, I'm not knowledgeable on the book. I'm just here to make sure. And uh, uh, he unlocks the door and and he says, uh, all right, uh, you can come inside. Okay. Um, you can see uh, very little was damaged uh, except this one case over here. Um, that's, you know, these cases probably cost a thousand dollars there display cases and so forth that's probably going to have to be replaced um so far we've been doing a uh an inventory to make sure everything is here and so far the only thing missing is the uh the narcotic manuscripts just just so just the one book book so far that's correct okay um, a very rare book uh uh, uh 10th century um uh, it's a collection of, of, of rare things. Uh, you should, uh, we're, we're, we're hoping that it shows up on the black market or in an auction. Right. Yeah. I mean, especially uh, hard to, hard to replace, but. Uh, oh, and the so, window, the window will need to be replaced. Oh, of course. But I mean, that, that, that that's a minimal. I mean, the insurance company is not worried about replacing a window. The, they'll, they'll definitely pay for that. They're more concerned. Uh, but you, you understand their main concern is like, you know, one book gets taken. It, they, it leads them to think someone knew where it was and how to get it. Well, that's what the detectives are thinking, that it's definitely. Unfortunately, in this world, there are there are very unscrupulous collectors of rare things and they get their mind on something and they, they go to ridiculous lengths to obtain it. Um, although I'll, I'll be honest with you. I, I usually when something like that is targeted, there is uh, an earlier incident where uh, somebody has asked, let's say if they could purchase the text, that did not happen in this case. We, did, we had no inquiries about the text at all. 
In fact, uh, we haven't even had anybody want to look at it or study it in years. Wow. That is, uh, uh, how about anyone coming in looking at your, just your general inventories? Maybe someone came in and was like, hey, and they saw it was on there. Well, I suppose that's possible. I haven't seen any unusual or strange people lately. It's always, you know, professors and and students that have uh, recommendations. I'm sorry. Right. That's that's Maggie, my uh, my intern over there. She just won't shut up. Oh, I, I, I they all got to get trained that way. And I, uh, you said that the uh, you forgive me. Uh, uh, these are all. You said it was the narcotic manuscripts. Uh, so uh, not not the psychotic ones. <laughs> Oh, that was a typo that the, uh, or I don't know if it was a typo. It's just, they don't listen. Uh, yes. Put, uh, with a P P N. Okay. I was going to say, cause, uh, when they sent me out here, I was like psychotic. I was like, those, those, those are sound like some, uh, ravings and not, not worth a lot. Where it's a, it? it's a okay. moniker. It's a okay. moniker yeah. that's applied to them based on a mythology that, uh, mm-hmm. uh of, of its origin. But, uh, I mean, there's somebody who is studying it would probably realize that it's, uh, you know, it's, it's written in, uh, it's written, I think, mostly in Latin and Greek with, uh, with some odd symbol, symbology. I haven't really studied it myself. Oh, yeah, I, I haven't either. And I don't know. Well, I appreciate Speculation, it. though, is that it was bound in, oh. in uh, he looks very, he says, in, in human leather. Um, really? So that's never been uh, that's never been established. It's true. Uh, mostly, that is, probably it, probably was calfskin. Yeah, it's definitely irreplaceable if that's the case. Indeed. Uh, you know, uh, you, you don't you don't have any. Uh, I mean, uh, obviously you're here, but you don't have any employees that are unaccounted for, do you? No. No. Okay. So. Uh, so, so we could probably uh, eliminate that that and all, and I, I'm sure the detectives will be able to take care of it and all. Uh, do, do you have anything on? Uh, you understand the insurance? They they, they want the proof. Uh, do, do you got anything like uh, documenting that that you had this and where where it came from? Yes, of course. We'll uh, uh, we can put that over. We can put that together and send that over to you. It's not something that I could just. Okay. Yeah. And I, I'm obviously, uh, out from out of town. So, uh, just, and I give him the, uh, j- just leave it with the, the front desk and I give him the hotel, hotel information. All right. And, and care, care, care of, uh, uh, Miss Mills, of course. All right. I'll do that. All right. Do you have a card, Miss Mills? Uh, I do. And I, I, I get, I get it out. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, in my regular job, I'm a, uh, professor. That's why it says a uh, doctor on there, but I, oh. don't, I don't like to advertise it in this job, of course. Well, thank you very much. Uh, um, we'll, uh, we'll get back to you as soon as we have all of our information put together. Right. Oh, what was your name, sir? Some name. Okay. <laughs> no, I got a name. I got a name. Okay. <laughs> Uh, uh, Malcolm Apley. Uh, thank you, Mr. Apley. Uh, you've been uh, too kind. And you walk out. I bid adieu. <laughs> All right. Uh, Ethan and Desmond. 
Um, what exactly are you going to do? It's about 9 a.m. I think we could uh, drive past to see if the car is there or not. Okay. Do a luck roll, both of you. 61. I failed. 71 out of 62. Yeah, I failed too. Okay. So the car is still there. So we buy some snacks uh, and we drive back and park across the street in that shady spot. Like down the block, right? Like a good old fashioned yeah. takeout. Okay. Halfway down the block. And there's, I assume we heard their music. Correct. But she um, presumably sleeps later than nine o'clock. So. Right about 9.30, 9.45, somewhere in there. Um, you see her step out of her apartment and turn around and lock the door. She's dressed in a skimpy little uh, blue uh, dress, if you will. She's got a, a purse at her side or, you know, with a chain going around her thing. And uh, she's got on... Uh, not really high high heels, but sort of thicker, cloggy shoes. And uh, she just, she comes down the stairs and she walks over to her car and she gets in and looks like maybe she's going out shopping. Doesn't look like she's going to anything. She's She's not fancy enough to be going someplace fancy and she's not dumpy enough that she's going to the grocery store. She fails to notice that the car is slightly cleaner than it was the night before. Yeah, she's completely oblivious. Um, so you know, we're gonna be follow her as stealthily as we can. Okay, so you follow her, and uh, she goes to the Toronto Mall, <laughs> the Mall of Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> sure. And she parks her car and she gets out and walks into the mall. Um, do you really want to follow her through the mall or should we just go back to our house? Well, you know, uh, I, I don't know. I'm torn. I think maybe that, uh, I mean, first of all, I, th I know you're eager to break in and there might be something of import there. I wonder if I should follow her around while you do that or whether two wives are better than one in her place. Uh, you know, presumably she's going to be here for a couple of hours. She's come to a mall, but if I keep an eye on her, then, you know, I have no way to reach you if if she moves. Yeah. So maybe we should just both go back to her place. We could go to her place, see how that goes. And if it's fairly quick, we can come back and just park a row or two down from her car and wait till, but then she'll probably just go home with what she bought. Yeah. Uh, we could also uh, pop into the mall, go to uh, Baskin Robbins or the equivalent 
get some sugar and dump it in her gas tank so she'll be stuck here. We could do that. And then we'll have all the time we need. Well, I'm not too bad with cars. I could maybe just crawl underneath and disable something. We could just let the air out of our tires. Even one. I mean, honestly, if, if, uh, since you already know you can reach into the car, uh, you know, you can just disconnect something probably and it'll take her forever to figure it out. I don't imagine she's a mechanic. Yeah, but we're in the middle of a parking yeah, lot of the. Oh, yeah, mall. I mean, if we could let the air out real easy, just kind of. Even one tire will do, right? Yeah. I can stand next to you and, and whistle and hold one of Heather's cigarettes in front of my face. Looking cool. All right. So, <laughs> yeah, let's, 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 uh, let's quickly shut her car down. Make her, make her travel difficult a little bit and then get back to her place. All right. Um, let's do, uh, uh, make you do a stealth roll. A bad oh. behavior roll. Uh, uh, I, I'll, I'll make you, I, I'm not going to make you make a roll. Uh, it's still early. The shops are just opening. Um, so, uh, there's not that many people in the parking lot. And if anybody, hey, what's what's going on? Oh, I think I got a friggin' leak here. Yeah. You know, nobody All right. really. So you managed to take the, the air out of one of the tires, at least quite a bit. She'll have to go get it pumped back up before she goes all the way home. And then what do you do? Just get back to her place and do a B&E. All, right. all right. So you get back to her place and there's nobody there. Nobody, you don't see anybody anywhere nearby. All right, so get one of the um, the tire iron out of the uh, the submarine. Uh, I <laughs> yes, retrieve the tire iron from the submarine. Close the screen door. I had a lockpick set. Yes, you did. But I don't know if I got that across the border or if it survived Jenny. Uh, so carry on, no, but if you were to put it in your shippable luggage, it probably would have. The only question is, is if you had it when you went to Jenny's, in which case all of, all of that stuff is gone. Well, I would give that a fair 50-50, if you agree. I don't remember right, how we prepared right, that right. day. I'll let you do that. 32. So okay. it survived Jenny, and I brought it across. So that should give me a bonus die for my lock... For my... Locksmith. Locksmith. Yeah. That good? Yeah. All right. Go ahead. All right, first was a fail, second, a success, 18. All right, so you manage without too much difficulty to pop the lock. 
Um, when the when you open the door, there is that distinct smell of pot. Um, I mean, it's not strong, but it's definitely she's been smoking pot in the, the room. Uh, what do you guys do? There's not a giant dog with three sets of teeth. Nope. That's great. Um, so yeah, let's uh, uh, put on some nitrile gloves and tear through the place. You know, you yeah. move toward the front and I'll move toward the back. We're looking for what? We're looking for weapons. We're looking for texts that are interesting. Any pentagrams or circles on the floor, candles, anything stand out right away? Okay. And the signal uh, that this, you know, the, it was, it's a rose in a circle. Mm -hmm. That's her tattoo. So that's of interest. Uh, and anything that says Chocho is of interest. Yeah. All right. Uh, so both of you do spot hiddens. Uh, and tell me what rooms you're searching. Basically, there's a bedroom oh. and there's a, a kitchen living room. That's it. And, and the kitchen living room is on the front side, probably, where the light's better. Right. I'm going to try that one. 63 is not good, but I can spend luck. It's close enough to spend luck. I got a 38. Okay. So Regular. You're, Desmond, you're looking around the living room area, and uh, there's a couple of uh, biker magazines, and uh, there's obviously uh, cigarettes that have been crushed out. Full ashtray, right? Full ashtray. Um, there's a couple of roach clips uh, that you see sitting there. There's a TV guide um, and a um, looks like she's got some paper plates that she's been eaten off of and uh, maybe a pizza box with cold pizza inside of it. And uh, <laughs> fast food bags and no signs of real cooking. Fast food bags, no signs of real cooking. Um, Jason, Is there any, are there any chocho? Uh, Take home plates. It doesn't look like it. There actually, there is some some uh, black dragon um, boxes, you know, Chinese uh, food boxes um, that smell delicious. Uh, what's left of them? Um, Doctor Carlisle, you go into the bedroom and you look around, and the bed's mess. She she apparently doesn't make the bed. Um, there's a guitar in the corner, a guitar case. Um, and uh, that's, that's really about it. There's some toiletries in the bathroom, some soap in the shower. Now, does it look like she has a lot of clothes or does it look like she came with a backpack? It looks like she came probably more with a backpack. There's a couple of things in the, in the closet. Um, a couple of T-shirts that are God's Lost Children, uh, T-shirts, a um, couple of trinkets of jewelry. There's a leather wristband and, you know, with a tassel on it and, and stuff like that. You don't see anything out of the ordinary at all. Now, two, two questions. One, is there a TV and is there cable hooked up? 
There's a TV so, in the living room, and it's got a, an antenna. Antenna. All right, so she didn't even have cable or anything installed. Uh -oh. So uh, bathroom, any kind of prescriptions? Nope. Uh, anything? Books? Yeah. Any you books? probably do find a tin with her uh, stash of marijuana and stuff in it. I don't think I, pipes were really a big thing yet, so they just roach clips and a, and a baggie with the marijuana in it. But nothing with her name. No mail. No. No. Earth control. No. Oh, maybe there are I, I, I don't think of that, but yeah, maybe there's birth control. I just wanted to see if there was a label, like a, a address, or a, you know what I mean, like a prescription. Okay, um, I, I I'll, I'll say that there's probably a prescription there, and it's it for it's for Lurleen Purdue. That that's what I wanted to, and it was an American prescription, or yes, it's a Sandamiel prescription. Okay, so she's been here less than a month. I don't know if it's a month or three. I think it's a three month supply, but so she's been here less than three months, probably in the apartment less than that. Well, you know that that she was in San Damiel, what was that, maybe three or four weeks ago? Yeah, I'm just thinking that I think the prescriptions are for three months at a time, so she didn't fill it since she's been here. So that's, you know. Right. All right. The question of whether she's relocated or is on assignment is relevant, uh, but that's not resolved there. Um, right. And there are no, no books at all, just TV guide and right. glamour. Some magazines. Yeah. No Yeti Gazetti. Um, there's a, there's a, there's a magazine that shows a lot of biker tattoos and stuff like that. But even if we feel underneath drawers and, Correct. you know, like tops of... Uh, What's in the fridge? Uh, beer and uh, base. Half a sandwich? Yeah, maybe half a sandwich. Some ketchup, a sandwich from uh, Togo's or uh, Noggles. <laughs> I don't know what they had back in the Toronto at the time, but something like that. Yeah, Tim Hortons. You can get yeah, breakfast maybe, and lunch. Maybe some Tim Hortons leftovers. Okay, uh, Dr. Carlisle, do you think we've yeah I proven think we that there's nothing here? Yeah, let's uh, get out of here and... Um... Hopefully I can lock the door up clean. Yeah. All right. Damn it, damn it. Is there a fire escape? No. Second story, right? Yeah. Honestly, if she jumped out of the window in the back in the bedroom, she could probably land on the ground without really hurting herself very much. Maybe All right, that's... Well... If he can't close the door properly, I want to do that. So there's no evidence that we went in. It's all about what kind of latch it is. Some you can set to just relock. Oh, that's uh, true. Yeah, you just turn the little knob and then you close the door and it's relocked. Yeah. Our hands are clean, so we're good. That was a dud. Yeah. Hope the others are luckier. I thought we'd find at least a, a cheesy book on witchcraft or something. Like a Barnes and Noble special, you know what I mean? 
yeah. Something. Anything else you want to do? Knock on all the doors just to make sure nobody answers. In the whole building? Yeah. Yeah, nobody's there. Okay. Three empty apartments. That's actually worth looking at. Uh, is there any mail uh, downstairs for the landlord or other owner? So Not you can... that you find. There is a there is a, a box on the wall, um, just apartment one, two, three, and four, and you can't see inside. So, well, do they have those glass meters? No, no. Oh. It's basically a metal metal thing like that with a little slot in it. No, no, not for the mail. I'm talking about for the electrical. Oh, sure. Okay. Are any of the other ones even active? You know what I mean? Like they have to be turned on by the power company unless it, this is jury rigged. Um, like it, it, I'm wondering if she went in and set up her own power or. Well, you're, you're asking me. A, 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 there's no indication that there's anybody in the other apartments. Right. Um, whether or not that means that the thing doesn't move at all or it barely moves or. Well, I, I was just wondering if it was kind of, if it looked like it was. Well, that's, I don't know the answer. So yeah. the answer is that there's nobody in the other apartments. All right. You know. uh, I'm just getting too deep with it. Sorry. I, I'm just, I'm thinking if there's an electric stove in there, then maybe the, uh, just the electric clock on it would cause it to turn a little. Yeah. Very slowly. All right. So, so yeah, our plan now, our question, the question now is do we sit outside until she comes back from the mall and then see if she goes back to work, which seems tedious. Maybe we should try to pick up Heather at the library. Yeah. I mean, it would be priceless to sit down the, the block and watch her face when she gets to the car. But, you know, let's go to the library. Fair enough. All right, so you all converge on the, on the on the rare books library or the regular library. I would have thought the regular library. So the Toronto library. I mean, well, I'll see what Desmond says, but. Well, all right. I mean, yeah. Go ahead. All right, so that's what you do. You converge on the Toronto library, and we'll just, for the sake of argument, you land there all at the same time. Wow. Nice. Does anybody have uh, Peter Tate's little um, contacts book where he kept people in ratings? You probably have it back in your lab. Okay. I want to call the assistants again and have them look for Lurline Purdue in that. Oh, that's a good point. All right. Um, do you want to do anything while they're doing that? I mean, if we well, can look at, at the you're at the library, right? If we can try to find some references from other texts about the narcotic, actually, since how you pronounced it, Heather, yeah, not yeah. psychotic, no, no, narcotic. narcotic. Well, let's say this as um, uh, considering that uh, you ask your assistants and they have the book right there, they look through it and they don't find any Lurleen Purdue, Purdue listed. Hmm. That would have been a gratifying connection. It's a pity about that. I'm still, I, we still don't know what happened to poor Peter. 
Oh, I know. Yeah. <laughs> you oh, ask, ask Jack if the, he remembers a redhead with a back tattoo. That's right. <laughs> That's my favorite. Yeah. That's true. Jack's like, I don't remember anything. Yeah. It all becomes a blur. Orange colored blur. So you are at the library. Mm-hmm. Um, and you wanted to to see if you could find any reference to the so-called narcotic manuscripts. Um, who's going to look for that? Maybe you all are. Well, I, I, I will. I, I mentioned it. All right, Dr. Evans, go ahead and do a library. Roll. 24 is a hard success. Okay. Um, after you search for about an hour, just trying to find some reference to it, you finally find a very short reference to the book itself. Um, uh, that it uh, that it's a very old book. That it's it's listed under occult, uh, legendary occult tomes, and uh, its actual origins are not known. It's. Um, it's believed to be from some time in the ninth century, but there are legends about it. The uh, uh, legends being that it came from a place called Frozen Lomar, uh, which was supposed to be not in this world, but in an alternate universe of some sort, uh, a dreamland, if you will. Uh, and that uh, that it's older, that it's supposed to be actually older than the ninth century. Uh, it's supposed to be ancient beyond the human race. And that it, it went from uh, ancient Hyperborea to uh, passed down from generation to generation. Oh, of course, everybody knows about ancient Hyperborea. You know, guy, if I was reading this stuff, like... Two months ago. Uh, it's supposed uh, to be something that was held down, by, uh, passed down by uh, forbidden and secret cults. Uh, and that it was legendarily originally from the city of Nakotas, which is where it gets its name. Hmm. Now this sounds like... Margaret, did you find anything? I, I couldn't find anything in the end section. That's because it starts with a P, Dr. Leash. Does it? Yeah, look. I'll, I'll kind of show them the reference. This sounds, like oh. the, the, sounds. this sounds like exactly the type of book that, say, a recently disgraced scientist who had access to strange books that no longer has them would get. Yeah, it does sound like our, uh, it does sound like our man. So while Dr... Evans and Dr. Liege are doing that. What are the three of you doing at the library? Mm. I'm going to see if I can look up anything about, uh, you know, in the, about Chocho's moving here. Like if they, if they, if they had any news articles about a, the migration event or. Okay. So you're looking what in the newspapers? Yeah, yeah probably, probably microfiche. And, All right, uh, Jason. 
I want to look up the Chochos as uh, people, like customs and okay, origin story, their gods, whatever I can, their mythos, so to speak, you know. And uh, Dr. Flores. Uh, David. I guess I'm a, I'm a little stunned. Um, I'll just look through the newspapers. Let's <laughs> see if there's anything about the children of. Uh, Remind me where I got the name Malcolm Appley that I wrote down. That's that's yeah. uh, the trustee at the at the rare bookstore. Right. So we've already gotten that. Narcotic mm -hmm. is covered. There's no Sudoku yet. <laughs> Help me, maybe. No, but there's crossword the, puzzles. <laughs> between the both of us, maybe we could find something better. And the crossword puzzles by Eugene T. Maleska still, which is when it said it's best. There you go. Um, All right. So, Dr. Mills, uh, go ahead and do a, uh, a library roll. Uh, debating burning one luck. I what were you looking for again? I'm looking for, like, any news about, like, uh, them coming here as a people, the Chochos coming here as a people, you know, and, and when that was, and if the newspaper speculates why there was a, a large. Well, it's pretty pretty close roll. I'll, I'll give it to you without spinning luck. Um, they started migrating during uh, a conflict uh, that began about nine months ago in their home country. Oh. And uh, they uh, they were refugees. They they moved down into uh, India, and uh, and then from there, uh, a number of them they they've sort of become a diaspora. Mm -hmm. uh, but um, a large chunk of them went to San Daniel and Toronto, and um, it's it's kind of obvious that they had some assistance getting there right okay and i assume it doesn't give any hints of what that assistance was no okay um dr carlisle uh do a library a library role 37 out of 35 i'll burn the two points if i have to what were you looking for? Uh, the um, the Chocho's oh. like um, religious or yeah, don't don't bother. Um, what you do find is that there is very little known about their actual culture. Uh, there's been very little contact with them. Uh, the Chinese government almost denies that they exist. Um, And all you all you get is is if you look in the newspapers, the only references like like Dr. Heather finds is that there's at least one article that says that they were 
uh, originally kicked out because the Chinese claim that they're cannibals. But of course, the Chinese are claiming anything because they're they're against these religious. They're very religious people, supposedly. All right. Dr. Desmond, do your library roll. Uh, 19. Oh, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. It's a hard, not an extreme. Um, you find a couple of interesting articles. Um, the first one is, it just catches your eye. Uh, you find this. This has come up before, too. Oh, is this the same article? Uh, no, I don't think it is the oh, same. No. I just okay. think the title is similar to something else we saw, which is why perhaps it drew my eye. From the Toronto Star, Fakes at the Museum. A new exhibit, Fakes. Oh, sorry, Frauds, Fakes, Forgeries, and Fictions. A new exhibit opens today at the Royal Ontario Museum. Museum curator Stephen J. Smythe has lovingly collected and has set up over 200 items in well-lighted displays. Attendance has been large and enthusiastic, and staff are already talking of extending the exhibit's length of stay. This is an excellent show for the family and should produce many discussions concerning truth, fiction, and the many ways in which humans have learned to lie, stated Smythe. The exhibit, along with a fascinating display, Bibles from Around the World, is sponsored by the Educational Division of the Toronto-based Church of Redemption. It's a curious way to fund public research through a so-called Church of Redemption, I would say. Uh, go ahead and do a, uh, another uh, library library roll. Sixty, fifty-nine. Oh, fifty-six actually. So normal success. Okay. Uh, you also find uh, a little while later in the newspaper that was from a, a few weeks ago. All right. So a later edition of the Star has. Museum exhibit partly closes. Bowing to visitor complaints, the Royal Ontario Museum has agreed to withdraw from public view part of its popular new exhibit, Frauds, Fakes, Forgeries, and Fiction. The item is a large representation of a mythical crab-like beast called a Torngok Rondagok. Too many people have been disturbed and frightened by the thing, explained curator Stephen J. Smythe, director of the exhibit. It's just not worth the trouble it has caused. The Rondagog, once believed carved from stone by Aleut Indians, has been owned by the museum since the end of World War II. Shortly after its purchase from an estate in London, England, resident archaeologists placed it in the museum's storage vaults pronouncing it a fake. The fate, fate of the Rondagok is undetermined, but frauds, fakes, forgeries, and fictions will continue its showing until the 30th of this month. 
So we have a little time to visit that. I'm curious about the uh, offense taken by local natives. Right. About the idea that the thing itself is so offensive. Yeah, and, and the reason that, that rung, your, rung a bell with you, because that's where the first murder victim was working at, and they had those banners hanging at that museum. Yeah, they're big banners hanging down the front. You saw them when you were in the park. Yeah, I thought it sounded like a dismal show, but apparently there's something there after all. Yeah. Bring people up. Ah, what's next? Museum? Now, is there any, just before we leave real fast, um, is there any, can I find any more reference material about this, the so-called dreamlands? Um, you find actually in the occult section uh, numerous references, but from different cultures and uh and you know it's it's basically like uh fairyland or uh, i mean you can find a lot even in children's books you'll find references but it sounds so silly right i'm just trying to see if there there's any connections with like nature type of stuff or really because we, we know so very little about the book i'm just trying to think of avenues to glean what might be in it in, in this case, there's too many references. That's okay. It's basically saying that they don't know what the origin of the Nicotic manuscripts is, and that legend has it that it came from fairyland or the dreamlands or whatever. And right, and there's no references to Lomar or Hyperborea because correct. those are sound super nonsense. And well, Hyperborea, you do find references to that. Uh, the word in Greek means the utter north. Uh, and it's ancient Greek legends that there was a land uh, up where uh, the North Pole is. Of course, they didn't know about the North Pole, but they did see the Aurora Borealis, and they assumed that it was the lights from their civilization shining in the sky. And it's uh, awesome. Yeah. All right, well, the book is real. People don't seem to have any clue where it came from because somebody wrote it. They think it came from some fictional place. There are some noisy people in this library. I know. <laughs> Thank your children downstairs. Uh, you said the Nicotic was in Greek and Latin? Yeah, Greek Latin with other, other things added. Greek Latin and weird symbols, right. Mm -hmm. Um can uh, we tell by the nature of the Greek or the Latin anything about its age? Well, we have they change over time. You don't have the, the book, so you don't know. Right. You don't find any references to it. Right. It's been dated to around 900 AD. Possibly by that, that means by looking at the, the use of the language that's in it. Hmm. Um, and the library has nothing, no uh, in 
printed reference books regarding the Church of Redemption, uh, the periodical dictionary that tells you what's been published. Um, do a do a luck roll in this case. Sixty-nine. No good. Yeah. yeah, you don't find anything. Couldn't find it. Um, I'll come back though. Bye. Yeah, I was just going to look in the L pages see if they're listed. Okay. Um. Uh. Yes, they are listed. Okay. Um. Everybody, do a do a luck roll. Fail. Fifty, just passed. Thirty-six oh. is a pass. Okay, so uh, we'll say Margaret and 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 Ethan. Yeah. Something about the Church of the Redemption sounds familiar. Um, and you can't think at first why, but then it suddenly strikes you that when you were flipping television channels the other night you're pretty sure that at one moment you landed on something from the church of redemption. It's, it's like a TV evangelist uh, preacher on television, a local. So you're pretty typical run of the mill, uh, crazy person. <laughs> yeah. It's uh there's maybe there's a, a, a picture or something and, uh, big giant cross and uh, you know, t what you'd expect from a TV. Right. The, the, the Colin now mail in type of stuff. Yeah. Mail in your money. Put your hands against the television set and God will right. heal you. Yeah. That sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. Ernest Angsley sort of stuff. <laughs> so why would a museum why would any public institution really, assuming that Margaret's told me this, why would they, uh, you know, accept money and resources and maybe ideas from such a constituent? That seems nuts. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, they said it was sponsoring the the exhibit of like two hundred Bibles. I mean, I could should go check oh, that out. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. What, what time of day is it, Holly? I'd say you've spent enough time researching and stuff. It's probably about two in the afternoon at this point. Okay. Yeah. Um. You figured that uh, the Black Dragon's going to open in about four hours. Yeah, exactly. All, All right. right. So you're going to head to the Royal Museum? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Guys jumping out so much. <laughs> yeah. Like squirrel. <laughs> All right, let's see. Do we want to worry about Lurleen's activity in the meantime? Or are we just going to accept that Lurleen is broke? You can, you can drive by her place. 
I mean, if it's on the way, I would, I would choose to do so. Well, it's maybe a little out of the way, but you know, you're in the car. Yeah, I figured 20 minutes isn't. Yeah. Uh, well, let's say that you drive by her place and you do see her car back in the driveway. And it's daylight, so it's dark in the apartment. But if you stop for a minute and turn the car off, you can vaguely hear the music playing. She really is a fan. Yeah. Maybe obsessed. I wonder if we should get a recording of their music and listen to it and see if there's something we didn't notice. That sounds like a task for Jack. Yeah, they're jacked by a couple of their of their discs and yeah, I listen to them. I don't know yeah, where not, you would find that. I'm not born yet. <laughs> yeah, come on. <laughs> you can do both, Jack. You can do both. <laughs> All right, onward. Death metal and porn. That's right. What That's a combo! Uh, All right, the Royal Ontario Museum is located at 100 Queens Park. Um. There are, it's a big place. There are thousands of exhibits, uh, Egyptian, Roman, Greek, Islamic, Chinese. Um, they have a large dinosaur collection. Um, it's a big place. Mm -hmm. um, in one of the wings, they have their exhibit, uh, Frauds, Fakes, Forgeries, and Fictions. Uh, there's about 200 items uh, there is a mechanical talking head uh, with a concealed voice tube from the 18th century. There's a chess playing machine also from the 18th century in which a dwarf chess player actually hid inside the machine uh, and did the actual work. So it wasn't really a, they, they were pretending to be robots, but they really weren't. Um, uh, there is the once famous Cardiff giant. Uh, there's spurious magazines and books in which the infamous Protocols of the Elders of Zion, uh, the once famous Piltdown Man, letters apparently uh, in Abraham Lincoln's handwriting, purporting to detail his abduction by flying saucers, um, a monkey stitched to a fish's tail, and a wonderful set of eight forged Van Gogh starry nights uh, that managed to uh, uh, tell a lot about the artist. Hmm. Um, there is the, something... Uh, is the statue still there? There is something towards the middle of the room uh, that is surrounded by a... Uh, a barrier now, a cloth, a curtained barrier, uh, which very likely is exactly what they were complaining about. Well, should we ask for permission or should we just look behind the curtains and then get kicked out? There's guard, there's velvet guard ropes around it too. Oh, well, we can't cross the velvet rope. I mean, oh, that, that's too much. Yeah. We, well, we do have doctorates. <laughs> we probably could get permission. That's a fair point. Especially Dr. Carlisle, doctor yeah. in zoology. It, 
it also, there's enough people walking around and you can see that the security is me, you know. No, I'm just gonna, but, I'm just uh, gonna saunter over there and go past the almighty velvet ropes. Um, yeah, what you could actually do is probably just reach beyond them. And, yeah, that's what I'll, that's what I'll do. Okay. With a, with a tiny bit of coordination, we can make it pretty easy to have two of us in front of the two people who slip under the rope and then between the curtains. And since it's not a matter of theft, but just seeing, I would, I would almost guarantee at least a brief success, if not a, a lengthy one. All right, so Dr. Evans, you go over to the thing and you wait for the right moment and you lean forward and you pull back the, uh, you open up the curtains and take a peek inside. And there on a pedestal, the pedestal's about three feet high and circular and fairly large, I'd say maybe at least four feet across, Setting on that is something roughly spherical in shape, uh, maybe three or four feet across. Um, it has deeply cut etch marks around uh, the whole perimeter of it and carved into it, almost facing you, is this hideous, monstrous, sort of face with a, a long sort of tubular nose and the rest of it has crab-like arms around the circle of the stone. It's quite shocking and you can do a sanity roll. Uh, 65 is a fail. Okay, do a 1d4. One. Um, so I'm going to gasp. But. So you, you gasp as you look at it. Um, My. It's, it's not so much that it's realistic. It's just the, the, the face of it is so incredibly hideous and monstrous and not, not human-like at all. It's, I'm getting flashbacks to like little hands with eyes yeah very very strange looking thing i've seen some weird stuff and this looks along the same line of weird that i don't like almost if you've ever seen a bat's face close up Mm -hmm. it's it can be extremely strange with it's just the whole whole shape of it so you gasp and you step back (sighs) Um, nobody notices Wow, that is, that is, that really is something else. Huh. I can see why uh, some people would find it upsetting. Was... Yeah. So oh, was it really something, a... it looked like, well, I mean, the, to put it, I think the only way I can is it, it look, I want to have been surprised if something that looked like that showed up as another one of Jenny's guests. Really? It's that strange. Uh, it's uh it's that upsetting and did 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 you get the impression that it was actually an ancient object 
Well, it looks like it's carved out of stone. It was, I mean, yeah, it's, it's carved. It's. So I, this I, is some indication that something like we've seen has been immortalized in stone. This is very different. It's not exactly like what we've seen. It's very different, in fact. But I mean that you know that it's the feeling I get. Something that, that same outside. Is Does anybody else want to take a peek? I have to. How can I not? Yeah. Okay. After that glowing recommendation. Well, we just have to make sure Dr. Carlisle, you know, keep him back. We don't want him falling in love with the uh, the carving. Pump it or something. Um. All right, so Dr. Desmond, just do a do a luck roll first. Forty-seven is um, just a success, barely. Okay. Um. So you managed to look at it in the same reaction. Um. It's. It's. It's in that vague area where you expect it to be some sort of an animal thing carving, but it's just disturbing enough that that you can do also do a sanity roll. And who else is looking? Uh, I'm actually going to try and go through proper channels. Okay. So, so you're going to go. I'll see, if we, I'll see if we can get like an after hours showing and get some extra information on it or something. So I'll go and try and find a curator's office. All right. So you're off looking at the curator's office. Yeah. yeah. I failed my sanity roll uh, with a 91 as that happens. Ooh, so. 1d4. Which also says it's, it's pretty disturbing stuff. Yeah. Dr. Ethan, what are you doing? Um, I want to look, but I'm not sure. I don't want to metagame it because he's kind of has like barely any sanity to begin with. But all right, well, let's I don't... just do a spot hidden for me then. Well, you can. I can tell you that I come out from the curtain looking ashen with my eyes bugged out and sweating. If that mm-hmm. helps you, not metagame. Um. Yeah, I, I mean, he would. He's gonna have to look, though. You know. Well, do, do a spot hidden for me. Uh, uh, seventy-five. I failed. Okay. Um. Well, if you want to look, same reaction. You can do a sanity roll. It's just really disturbing. Um, I failed. Just I barely want... failed. Uh, how about Doctor Mills? What are you gonna do? Uh, I'm looking around to see if they've got any flyers because I assume they would have printed it up or like a little uh, exhibit display where it goes, oh, this is whatever it is and has a little history on it. Besides, right, the, the take it home with you little book from the gift shop. Yeah. They have pictures of the exhibits. And stuff. Um, yeah, they do have something like that. And in fact, uh, in the book itself, there is a not so good photograph of the object itself. Um, it looks like it's it's sort of in the background. It's not directly photographed, but you can see what basically they're they're saying. Although you can't really see the details that they've seen. Right. 
Um, Dr. Liege, uh, when you go to the uh, curator's office, you meet with the curator. Um, yes, what can, I, what can I do for you? Hello, my name is Dr. Liege. I'm I'm in town on a no on a bit of a bit of a business errand, and I decided to stop by the museum. And I, well, I had heard a little bit of a hubbub about a certain peculiar statue. Ah, you're talking about the uh, in the fakes and frauds. Yes, yes. Um. Well, it's 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 no longer on display. It's. It's going to be removed shortly. Um, what What did you want to know? It, it's a fake, you know. It's definitely not uh, illusion, Indian. It was well, probably just... it was probably produced by somebody uh, during World War One or World War Two, and then sold to the museum as that as an authentic piece, and then it was decided that it was in fact a fake. Hmm. It's been down in the basement all this time. Is it, and it, I, I remember it's being cited as, uh, well, it's being removed from the, from display because it's disturbing? Well, it's very strange. They're bringing children in here. Uh, don't want to give the little kitties uh, nightmares, you know. That's fair. That's fair. Um, would you mind if I took a look at it? Just. Well, it's, it's been cordoned off, I'm afraid. Hmm. Can I take a security guard over and uh, have a peek? Well, their their orders are to just you know keep it the way that it is. Okay. Um, I'm sorry. Oh, that's understandable. Could you at least describe it to me? It's it's caught my interest. Well, it's a it's basically a, a, he described it to you. <laughs> okay. Well, that does sound odd. Hmm. And a fake. Now, I, I can't say I'm not familiar with abstract expressionism nowadays, but why would, why would someone make something like that? Well, probably sold it to the museum for a considerable amount of money. Um, and the verification came sometime afterwards, or the, hmm. rather the... Uh, the exposure that it was a fake came sometime afterwards. These things happen, you know, in museums, especially so many years ago. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not too familiar with the uh, the arts side of it's, truth it's finding. Really, it's really not worth concerning yourself over. It's, uh, okay. Yeah. Well, I, I'm biology, so I was wondering if it was some sort of odd animal oh some sort of it, it, it's meant to look strange it's you know the stranger it looks the better uh, the better they could sell it to us as a, some sort of artifact but i, I assure you so. it's, i assure you it's not it's not real it's not a, a real artifact of any kind all right well thank you all right uh, are there any are there any exhibits you would recommend well at he gives you some recommendations for whatever you're interested in. Of course, you've, they've got the, the dinosaur exhibit and all of the uh, specimens. So, yeah. Which I got some dank dinos on the way out. All right. The rest of you, 
uh, before we finish, I would like you all to do one last spot hidden. We'll see who gets the best. 28 Ooh. is a hard pass. 41. 24. 22. Oh, nice. So, Desmond, did you get the best? Uh, I think it's 24. It was the, uh, the, the lowest. Okay. So, as you are standing there and you guys are getting ready to walk away, the, the guards have come to a point where they can they can now see where you're standing. Um, you look down at the base of the curtain and you notice some sparkles of broken glass. And there's one piece of glass that there that's larger than than all the most most of it is just you know crushed glass. But one of the pieces that there is this small, odd-shaped little curve of glass. And it suddenly strikes you that it's, it's about the size of the end of your thumb. And it's curved like that. It looks like the, the bottom of a test tube. And that's where we'll leave it for uh, <laughs> tonight. All right. Our players included Morgan Llewellyn, Brian Daly, Keith Craig, Jason Melichok, and David Cassaway with yours truly as a keeper of the secrets. We're currently producing up to five shows a week with music and sound effects added in post-production in order to create a richer listener experience. We provide audio-only versions of our shows free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. The costs involved with our show are provided almost entirely by our patrons. Without them, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. We have a new patron today. Uh, Wooly Samoth has pledged $3 a month. Thank you so much, Wooly. If you'd also like to help support our show, please visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar to a month helps us a lot. You can find a link in the description below. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel and punch that bell icon for updates on our latest shows and leave us some comments. We enjoy reading them and answering any questions you might have. This is Tom Rayleigh, together with all the members of our gaming club, inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure in the universe of H.P. Lovecraft and the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Until next time, good luck and good gaming. Mm -hmm.